This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. Splash Refresher spices up my daily water intake by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Every Splash Refresher flavor is delicious, bright, flavorful, and zero calories. I don't waste time on flavorless water I don't enjoy. I just drink Splash and I like it. My favorite flavor is the lemon. It really does taste like lemonade. My favorite is the mandarin orange flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Welcome to Childproof by Betches Media. I'm Tori Phantom. And I'm Gwenna Lathland. This podcast is for all parents with an entire Happy Meal worth of French fries in their floorboard. Or the whole Happy Meal. I get it because same chicken nuggets everywhere. Some are they, cheese. Are they petrified? Are they like yeah. rocks? Yeah, we got some old pickles. <laughs> you know how it goes. Oh, <laughs> that's disgusting and so relatable. Oh, absolutely. Well, anyway, how is moving going, Gwenna? I have been dying to know. So I, I have been moving house. And uh, so here, here's how it's going. Um, yesterday, I got a phone call from my son's teacher. Uh, <laughs> it is the end of the school year. And so they have been bringing in boxes into the classroom to box up a few things. And my son walked in yesterday morning and saw a stack of boxes and put his hands on his hips and went, fucking boxes. <laughs> So that's how it's going. I mean, that's relatable, too, if we're being honest. <laughs> it's just I think he's heard me say that so much. He's like, this is how you react to boxes. You just go fucking box. Obviously. What what else are you supposed to say? Uh, you know what, though? Hmm. I think I think that we should talk about cussing mama cusses. We should. We absolutely should. But first, first, we got to set the timer. I think every parent, it's like a rite of passage to have uh, anecdotes about your kids cussing at like the worst possible time. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly, I feel like I love the way that our generation handles that more than our parents' generation. Because mm -hmm. like I had to eat soap and my kids, I just laugh. I'm like, this is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I never had to eat soap. I was too afraid to curse around my mom. Like it would, I could never. Even a Absolutely slip, not. you know, because you hear your parents cuss all the time. And so it slips out and then they're mad at you because they, they taught you that word and then they're mad that you used it. <laughs> it's, it's funny because there is a regular curse word that my youngest daughter uses now that started as like an accidental, but now she does it on purpose. Uh, yeah. But we'll, we'll tell her, we're like, hey, like, let's, let's reel that in a little bit because... <laughs> If you ask my littlest lady a question and like a yes or no question and her answer is yes, she does mm -hmm. not say yes. She goes, uh-huh. And it's that way every time. And the one day she did it and I looked at my partner and I was like, she sounds like Gwen Stefani. And he's, uh -huh. like, he's like, what do you mean? And I, so I played the song Holla Back Girl. And you know, it starts, uh-huh, that's my shit. That's my shit. And so now that's her favorite song. And she asked for it. She goes, can we listen to Uh-huh, That's My Shit? And <laughs> so half the time you ask her a yes or no question and she's like, Uh-huh, That's My Shit. <laughs> she like, she, she can no longer not finish the phrase. <laughs> it's, it's program now. She's like, yeah, Gwen Stefani. <laughs> so with, with, on the internet, I'm known as Mama Cusses. And that means that I think my most asked question in comments, in lives, in emails, anywhere they can get a hold of me, they're like, do you let your kids cuss? <laughs> <I do. laughs> 
The answer is yes and no. Because, um, I, so I, I grew up in a, a pretty, pretty tightly run ship and I, I could never cuss, but I have always been fascinated with language. So I was one of those who on the playground, I was practicing my F-bombs and shit placements, <laughs> like just behind the slide. And like every other word was a cuss word for no good reason. Like, but like, I, since I wasn't allowed to use them at home. So when I became a mom, I was like, yeah, we're going to have to address this because I really don't want to spend my children's childhood demonizing language. Yes. So in our house, we have, there's no such thing as bad words, only bad intentions. I can, and I do, I do this to you, Tori. I yes. can lovingly call you an asshole. And you do on the right. I do. But, but like, it's, there's an intent there. There is an understanding between us that I am not trying to insult you. I'm not comparing you to a rectum. It's just a loving nickname <laughs> that I get to use because of the type of relationship that we have. That being said, I could, in anger, with the intent of hurting you or your feelings, call you a cotton-headed ninny muggins. <laughs> And none of those words are curse words. Right. I'm not even completely sure all of those are real words. But I was doing it with the intent of hurting your feelings. That's the difference between bad words and bad intentions. Yes. We actually, very similar in our house, the only bad words, right? The only exception mm -hmm. that is actually a bad word every time would be any sort of slur. And those are slur, words yeah. that kids are never going to hear out of my mouth and yep. would not be tolerated if it came out of their, their mouths, right? Mm -hmm. But when it comes to curse words, which typically when people say that's a bad word, they're talking about curse words. Yeah. In our house, it is very similar viewpoint to what you have. And it's very mm -hmm. much about understanding what the word means, mm -hmm. when it's okay to use it, and how and why it could hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. Because if you stub your toe and you go, fuck that hurt. Yeah, I bet mm -hmm. it did. It sure did. I'm You're sure, right. I'm sure it did. But if you get mad and say, fuck you, not okay. Mm -hmm. Now it's bad. Now it's bad. We yeah. don't use words to hurt people. We can be mad without being mean. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have the same thing. So I have three distinct criteria. Uh, the first is understanding the meaning and origin of the word. If you call someone a bitch, which I maintain, I can lovingly call someone a bitch as long as we've established a certain type of relationship. But I also understand what it means. I understand how it's been used to hurt. I understand how it can be used in a, a loving kind of friendly way. So my kids have to be able to do the same. Do you, mm -hmm. do you know what bitch means? Yeah, it's a female dog, right? So once we understand that, then we can begin looking at, is it okay to use this word? Because the second criteria is knowing when it is and is not appropriate to use the language. That's, that's the most important part, I think, yeah. when cursing starts. <laughs> well, and that goes back to the bad intentions. So if we go over to grandma's house, to my mom's house, that's actually, it's Mimi's house. If we go over to Mimi's house, Mimi does not, it makes her feel icky when people say bad words. She doesn't like what those words kind of evoke in her mind. So she's like, we don't use that language in my house. Okay, fair enough. You have set a boundary. I don't have to agree with it to respect it. So I am going to curb my language usage 
in Mimi's house. Yeah. And then the third criteria is built off that having the impulse control and situational awareness to not curse when it is inappropriate. And that's the biggest one for me, for my kids to be able to use curse words without me calling them. Oh, that is a big word for a bigger mouth. And your mouth is not quite big enough to use that one yet. Right. That's, we call them grown up words at our house because mm-hmm. they're not bad words. They're grown up words because yeah. typically when you're more mature, when that's when that understanding comes, that's when the time and a place comes. And I use that example with my kids where I'm like, okay, do you hear me cursing around mama? No. Uh-huh. Do you hear me cussing on my TikTok channel, because anyone who is listening to this, who watches my TikTok knows I do not cuss. That was Uh an intentional decision I made because I realized I had like kids following me. And as Mm -hmm. a parent, I see what my kids watch. And if that person is using a lot of inappropriate language that I don't want my kids to hear a lot of, I'm like, "Uh, let's bring that back. And I was like, when I started, I was like, oh, well, if if a parent saw me on their kid's screen, would they be upset that I was there? And that was kind of why I started and why I wasn't or why I don't cuss there. But being able to use that example with that time and a place, but it's funny because I think my middleest kid is starting to understand the time and a place. Yeah? How so? <laughs> the other day, we went to go to an event at the school. And while we're getting ready, I looked at her and I said, hey, are you ready to go? And she's kind of leaned over the counter and she glances up at me and she goes, hell yeah. <laughs> and I went, did you just say hell yeah? And she goes, Hell yeah. (laughs) And I I said, okay, but not at school. And she's like, I know. So I was like, okay. (laughs) I guess we say hell yeah now. I mean, I always say it. I I don't know where she got it from. If you're a wine lover, I'm going to let you in on a little secret for finding your new favorite wines. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your wine preferences that are as unique as you are. To start, I answered a few quick questions on their website about what flavors I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé. Based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored so I get more of what I enjoy. I really love how First Leaf tailors to my needs, and I really like cooking with wine, so I found so many different flavor profiles to include through First Leaf. Besides the great wines, the best part of the First Leaf Wine Club is the perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge and can choose when and how often I want my box delivered. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash childproof to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-F. L-E-A-F dot com slash childproof. Try com slash childproof. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you're on the move. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash childproof. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash childproof. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It's targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. 
It's designed to work with your body, not against it. We love to see it. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash childproof. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash childproof. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. Shape your life with Honey Love. My my oldest can curse freely um, every once in a while if she's like in a super amped mood. I'm like, okay, so uh, you said five words and four of them were technically considered curse words. Maybe rein it in just a little bit. Let's let's find some more words to describe what we're feeling. (laughs) Synonyms. Synonyms are important. And that's something that I've discussed a lot with my teenager is the impact of those words. If you're just fucking around with friends. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're going to get a lot of fucks and dams and asses. And those, those just happen because you're 15 and you're still kind of like trying it on. You're seeing how it feels in your mouth, but there is an impact you can have, especially you. If you were to all of a sudden, in fact, I've seen you do it. You, there was a TikTok where you got pretty amped about something that happened in an encounter that had happened around your daughter in a public space. And on your TikTok, you dropped an F-bomb. I did. I forgot like this whole time you were talking and I'm like going through my brain like what video? I remember. I remember. I yeah. was mad. <laughs> you, you were mad. And so you dropped this F-bomb in and it was just, it was, it was a very powerful way to communicate. This was unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, without having to say that, that very like Queen Victoria, unacceptable. Um, so there, there's a learning curve and my 15 year old is still in it as far as how to deploy them usefully, how to deploy them effectively. But like, we're, we're there, we're getting there. Yeah. The littles no, nowhere near. And people will be like, well, when can they, when they meet those three criteria? Well, when will that be? I don't know. Right. There's not a timeline. I think that's there, the thing. A lot of, a lot of folks, when they're talking about children, they're like, okay, but when? What age? I, there's not one. It's every child. It's those, there's different people. It's those pediatric milestones that that yeah. mess us up. Like we're so used to by this month, this should happen. By this month, this should happen. If it's not, it could still be okay, but it's worth a conversation now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we think that applies to all Everything. the rest of childhood. We're milestoning, we're milestoning the tween years. And it's like, yeah. this doesn't, they're going to reach that place at different times because their yeah. their brains are developing in different ways. And they might be really, really academically successful and kind of socially immature. Socially, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and those things, those can exist together and be totally fine. But there's not a deadline on that maturity. I think... It, you're not supposed to even be fully mature when you hit 18. I mean, yeah. if I look back, I'm 30 years old. If I look at who I was at 25, I'm like, man, I've grown a lot. And I mm-hmm. I plan to be able to say the same thing when I'm 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think it's an important conversation to have, though, that what our children hear us say goes further than just mimicking F-bombs. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Because they are listening and their little gears are turning to everything. And everything, and I've said this before. When, when my kids are doing really great things, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, what I what I did is working. They're learning. And when they mm-hmm. when they do bad things, and I'm like, oh, did they learn that from me too? <laughs> no, it was their father. <laughs> that's that's what I blame it. Every every time like my children display a, a trait that I'm like, oh, that could be problematic later. That's Jack. That's, yeah, that's totally. Jack's Good. side of the yeah. DNA. There, <laughs> that's not most of the time. <laughs> But no, I think 
It's important to note that I fully believe, and I'm pretty sure there's probably science somewhere that I didn't look up, but how we speak to our children becomes the first voice in their head. I firmly believe this. I do. So I I grew up in a very authoritarian home. My mom was doing the best she could with the tools she had available, and I was born, wee! back in 84. And I know people older than me listening are like, oh yeah, yeah. Jam that knife in and twist a little Gwenna. 84. I was born in 72. But I, t- thank you for listening. But I was born in 84. <laughs> and my mom, and I've talked to her about this. I was like, when you didn't know what to do in a parenting conundrum, like, did you have resource? Like, how did you figure that out? Because for me, I will tap my my village. So I'll text you. I'll, I'll text our little friend group. I'll ask other moms. Um, and then I hit the internet Yeah. for like, how do I handle this thing? For my mom, she had Dr. Spock, a child psychologist that was all the rage back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. She had that. She had what to expect when you're expecting. Which is like uh, a which... horror story in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> it it um, has its usefulness, but if you have anxiety, sure. don't, don't read that don't. book. <laughs> Spoken as someone with anxiety who read that book. However, if you have anxiety and you have questions about, you know, what to expect when you're expecting, skip that one and look for Emily Oster's Crib Sheets. Excellent book. (laughs) Just a random book recommendation for you. I haven't read that one, so I can't confirm or deny. But I believe Gwenna. It's it's very (laughs) data-driven. I love it. I, I love all of her books, actually. So, but no, no, no. So I grew up in a very authoritarian home because my mom did not have a lot of resources. So she didn't have experience and she there was no one to ask. She was like, this is the way I say it is because I say it is. Like she yeah. was just making shit up. Right. Which honestly, I feel we, deep we in my soul. We do the same thing, but I think that <laughs> as a generation, we are more aware of mm-hmm. mental health. It has become yeah. a priority for all of us, like just in society. And I think that impacts that that is brought into parenting in a way that wasn't mm-hmm. considered when we were growing up. Well, but as a result, my inner voice bullies me. <laughs> like the voice in my head will, and I'm I'm going to quote a thing that is self-deprecated. Deprecating? Deprecate. We'll Google I don't know the word what that later. word is. You know what we're saying. Continue. <laughs> but I I will be like, I forgot to do a thing. You need to remember to do a thing, you dumb fucking idiot. Like, that's the inner voice in my head. I have no active recollection of my mom ever calling me a dumb fucking idiot because she was authoritarian, not abusive. But as a result of my mom being very much in my head of do it this way because I said it's this way, because I said it this way, it is the right way. Now, when I when I run into a thing where I need to mentally tell myself, do a thing because it's the right way, because someone else said it's the right way. And if you argue with this, you're stupid. Yeah, I think that not only are we friends, but our inner voices could also be friends. <laughs> but they'd be really mean to each other. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very similar for me. I grew up and it was always because I said so. It was very uh, angry and do what I say when I said it because I said so. And I often find that that's something that even to this day, right? Like I'm in therapy. I'm working on the self-deprecating talk and, and mm-hmm. bullying myself. But the other side of it is because as a child, I was not, I learned to not make decisions. 
Because mm-hmm. if I made the wrong decision, right, there could be punishment. And I didn't want to yeah. do that. So I kind of always deferred and made sure I had permission to do things. And now yeah. at 30 years old, if I'm unsure of something, I'm like, I should probably ask someone. I I can make my own decisions. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's that inner voice that's like, oh, maybe just like double check with someone else. But I think I, I bullied you into buying a couch. Yeah. <laughs> Because you were, you didn't, you didn't want to pull that trigger. You didn't, because of this very thing, your, your parents' voice became your inner voice. And so there was that pause of, well, what if it's the wrong couch? And I think I bullied you into it. Buy the damn couch, Tori. I often wonder, and I, and I am starting to believe that our kids' inner voices are much kinder. And I see it in the way Mm -hmm. that they approach things from my oldest kid who's teaching herself animation. And the one day she goes, mom, I need some tips on patience, not like waiting in line patience. I do okay with that, but patience with myself. Cause I keep finding myself getting frustrated while I'm learning this. Mm -hmm. And I need some tips on how to be patient with myself. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And then with the younger ones, I see, you know, the the big mess I walk into in the kitchen and there's chocolate milk powder and there's milk. And I'm like, what happened? And they're like, my, my middle-aged kid, especially she's in that independent phase. And she's, well, I thought that I could do this myself. So I gave it a try, but I think I need help next time. Like, okay, I will help you clean it up too. But yeah, probably next time ask for some help, but it's the confidence. They like believe that they can do it. And they're not like, man, I suck because I don't already know how to do this. They're like, I'm going to keep trying, but can you help me along the way? And I'm like, what a world. Like what? I wish I could see the way you think about yourself because I bet it's so sweet. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get to enjoying some time in the sun, but springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have seasonal allergies. My husband has seasonal allergies. So from about April till June, we all sound like this just constantly. This is what we sound like without Claritin. It helps so much with being able to enjoy springtime and outside without running a water faucet for a nose. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. By the time baby number two comes, you feel superhuman. You totally have it all figured out. You got this. But then the reality sets in. It's more than twice the work and can sometimes feel like absolute chaos. It's obviously not always going to go right, but you'll take any opportunity to make it a little easier. The Honest Company has a new line of calming products for the whole family, so your little ones will go down easier and you can have a moment of honest relaxation. The Calm Collection is a line of dreamy and calming lavender products to help make you and your baby's bedtime routine smoother. They have lavender wipes to clean up sticky hands and messes, a calm lavender bath and body set that's both gentle enough for babies and soothing self-care for moms, lightweight lavender body oil to help wind down before bedtime, and fun purple printed pajamas made with 100% certified organic cotton. 
The sooner your little ones go to bed, the sooner you are able to relax. For a little while, anyway. Their Calm Lavender Collection is made with lavender essential oils that help calm babies before bed. And their super absorbent overnight diapers have up to 12 hours of leak protection. With a focus on sustainability and clean products, The Honest Company works with toxicologists at their in-house lab to create eco-friendly, safe, and effective products you can feel good using. Body products are naturally derived and designed for all skin types, while their diapers are made with plant-based materials that are ultra-soft and super absorbent. Good for your whole family? and your environment. Try Honest for yourself. Shop at Target, Amazon, Walmart, and Honest.com. I actually have a moment where I heard my daughter's inner voice on the outside. Tell so, me more. So I, in our house, we have you can do hard things, especially with the littles, because right now, Almost everything they do is hard, right? Yes. Because they're little. They, they, they haven't learned how to do a bunch of things yet. So you can do hard things. You can do hard things. You can try very hard. And it's okay if it doesn't work the first time. So that's a thing that is constantly repeated in the house. And we were packing up for the move. And I had told the girl child to put all of her shoes in the box. Well, one long forgotten shoe had sort of been wedged in the back of this like shelf that they were sitting on. And it was a uh, croc and it had those little gibbets, those little charms that you put inside the croc. Mm -hmm. And between the size of the shoe, the gibbet and the corner of the shelf, it was stuck. And the shelf is safety mounted to the wall. So she can't pull it away. So she was figuring it out and I could hear her getting frustrated because I was in the room across the hall. I could hear her getting frustrated. And so I started to turn around and help her figure out how to get this crock out. Cause I immediately knew just push on the shoe. It will kind of collapse and you'll be able to slide it out. But I've got 38 years experience on the kids. So, so anyway, I go to turn around and as I'm about to walk into the room, I hear her go, <sighs> I can do hard things. I can do hard Aww. things. I can do hard things. And so I'm like halfway in tears in the, yeah, you can do hard things, baby <laughs> girl. Got it. <laughs> oh, I love that so she, And she figured it out. She figured out, just push on the toe of the shoe. It'll collapse and you can pull it out from where it got stuck. I was like. I'm so proud of her. I am too. <laughs> that is so exciting. But it, what it means is, yes. Our voice becomes the first voice in their head, but also how we talk about ourselves becomes the lens through which our children view themselves. That is something I have thought a lot about, and I have brought that into a lot of aspects of the way that I, because again, we've talked about both of us bully ourselves in our heads, mm -hmm. but I am very careful to keep that in in my head voice, unless I'm like texting you and you're like, mm, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Tori and I have an arrangement. If they bully but I didn't themselves, agree to. I don't care. <laughs> if they bully themselves in my presence, I will bully myself back because Tori will defend their friends to the death. So they think they can say bad things about themselves. But then they get their feelings hurt when I say a bad thing about myself. So now I've just started. I'll text Gwen and be like, I was going to say something mean about myself, but it's staying an inside thought. I'm still thinking it. <laughs> but what I was saying uh, was that 
I am very careful, again, to, to keep those thoughts, the inside mm-hmm. thoughts. And one of the things that I think about when this comes up is, I mean, I grew up, I was born in 92. And mm-hmm. I grew up with my mom fully entrenched in 90s diet culture. Weight and Watchers, baby. Weight Watchers, Slim Fast, Slim Fast, Atkins, Jenny Craig. I could go on, okay? Ugh. And, you know, as an adult, I feel a lot of sympathy towards the hate my mom had for herself during my mm-hmm. childhood. Yeah. But as a child, the impact that had on me, I started being highly critical of my own body By the time I was 10 years old, and I know that wasn't her intention, Mm -hmm. but that's what happened. And because of that lens, I can see it through. I have never said a bad thing about my body in front of my children. And Mm -hmm. uh, one one of those things is I had lost a significant amount of weight years ago, and I also have had three children, and I have... (laughs) a huge amount of loose skin in my tummy area. And I've never loved it, you know, but I just tuck it in my pants and go on with my day. (laughs) As we all do. (laughs) As we all do. But what I learned is that my kids do love it. They think mom's soft, squishy belly is the coolest thing. It's like, it's like a fidget for them. (laughs) You know, like if if I'm wearing a crop top, they're like, they'll just come up and like squeeze my belly. And I'm like, thanks, thanks, kid. But for them, like they think it's the coolest thing. It's their, Mm -hmm. they've never had a negative connotation about it because I've never said anything bad about it. Uh, Back in the day when, when that first kind of came up, I kind of froze and I was like, uh, (laughs) yeah, but the way that they love my body for what it is, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's not some deep thing to them. It's just a body being a body. And that has in a way shifted my own perception where I'm like, yeah, I do have a soft, squishy belly and I'm not in denial about that, but I also, I don't hate it anymore. I don't, I still don't love it, but I've really found a neutrality with it. And I've made sure to never say anything negative about it because I don't know what my kids' bodies will look like someday. And if I were to start attacking things about my own body, well, my kids look like me. Yeah. So what am I really saying? And that's something I've always considered. That's, that is an excellent take. My kids look like me. So if I am criticizing the size of my hips that my children have probably inherited, um, when they look in the mirror and they see the same body type and go, well, mom hates this. I'd never thought of it that way. I thought of it a bunch of ways, but not like that. That's that's really good. See, I I actually take a slightly different tack. I I I first I'll disclaimer, I am very choosy about what I say, but I don't necessarily shy away from, yes, this is my body and I'm working to change this particular thing for these reasons. And some of them could be because I would like it to look different. Mhm. Uh, and that goes those tend to stay more around the cosmetic things. Um my my Middle child, my son, asked me what, why I change my hair so much. Um, because I like how it looks. Because I get bored with how it looks one way and I have the ability to change it. So I change it a bunch. I have been losing weight carefully and uh, in a monitored fashion with my physicians. And when, I, when I'm doing things to help that process along, my kids will be like, but all bodies are good bodies. Yes. That is true. All bodies are good bodies. But I would like to change a couple of the ways my body has to work for things. Because knocking on the door 40, mm, 
I would like to be around to see my great grandkids. And I'm not saying that I won't be because I'm in a fat body, but man, it'd be a lot simpler to, you know, climb stairs. But, and I think that's one of the things that is totally okay is to want to change your body and also like your yeah. body. And I think yeah. that's the thing that both of us are trying to teach our kids. We yes. are, we can change, you know, we both change our hair, we change our makeup, we do these different things because mm -hmm. it's all just, the, the point is just like we were talking about with cuss words, it's about the intention. And if yeah. we are doing these things for ourselves because we feel good about that, it is mm -hmm. different than doing something because we hate ourselves and we think by changing it, it will make us love ourselves. Well, and that's one of the things. So like I, I speak to my kids as if they have the capacity to understand what I'm saying. Me too. Um, I, I use, I use big words in my everyday language. Uh, I recognize that not everyone communicates the way I do. I never changed with my kids. I just started defining more. And so when I'm talking about my body is the result that I'm losing weight Yes. But when I tell my kids what I'm doing by working out, by making good, healthy eating choices, by taking medicine and vitamins, what I'm saying is I'm getting stronger. I'm not getting skinnier. Yes. I'm getting stronger. Yes. Because the words that we choose to use are so impactful in ways that we mm -hmm. don't always recognize. Yes. And just like you said, with defining words, that's actually a funny way that I do things because I also do not change my language when I'm talking to my children. Yeah. I know they are capable of understanding. They just might mm -hmm. not know the word yet. So when we're talking, if I say a word and it's like you see the little shift in their face or their body language mm -hmm. and I'll stop mid-sentence. Do you know what this word means? No. Okay. Here's what it means. Do you have any questions? Do you understand? Okay. Finish my sentence. I'm yep. not going to change the word. I will define the word because yes. I know they're capable of understanding. Yes. And I I use big, big words. In fact, uh, my kids had strep. It ran rampant through the house as strep does. Yeah. And they were having trouble like, okay, what hurts? And getting four-year-olds to describe what hurts, especially when it's strep and you've got a fever. So kind of everything hurts. Okay, but we need to get a little more specific. But they kept saying their neck, their neck. And so what I decided to do, I was like, okay, you mean your throat? Do you mean the inside, your throat? Because your throat is different than your neck. If your neck hurts, that's one thing. But if the inside, if the throat hurts, if the esophagus hurts, do you know what an esophagus is? No. Okay. So, and I, you know, kind of guided them through using their fingers to touch, you know, mm -hmm. the, the esophagus and, and, and the trachea right there. Um, I was like, that's your esophagus. Oh, okay. Is that the part that hurts? Yeah. Okay. So we have a sore throat. Now we can move forward with what we think needs to happen. That feels really important to be able to give them that language because now next time their throat hurts, they're not going to say my neck hurts. Yeah. Because low key, I have an anxiety. Anytime a child says, my neck hurts. Bacterial meningitis. Literally yes. same. Literally <laughs> it's same. It's never that. Let me see you turn your head. Let me see. Yeah, turn, turn. Can you turn your head? Can, Why? Can you look up? I like. I saw an episode <laughs> of House 20 years ago, and I'm like, it's always going to be meningitis. Obviously. It's bacterial meningitis every yeah, time. Every time. Probably on an airplane. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's good to know that I'm not alone in that. My neck hurts. Oh, no. Yeah. They're dying. My, my kids have an incredible vocabulary of anatomical terms because it's a special interest of mine and if of they have if they have a question about some sort of body thing I'm like how much time do you want to spend on this because <laughs> I know you know this about me I can yeah. go on for a while hence a our while. timer here and <laughs> 
So if they just want a quick definition, you got it. But if you're interested, I will get out a sketchbook. We're drawing diagrams. Okay. Let me explain how all of these systems work. It's so cool. It's See, so cool to me. Like I'll explain it all. Now now I'm like on the reproductive system and the <laughs> respiratory system. And somehow that goes into our cardiovascular system. How did I get here? I don't know, but they said I could talk for a while. <laughs> See, and that's speaking of talking for a while, that's another thing that I've been really focused as a parent in the communication, you know, realm in the, in the bubble that is communicating with our kids and teaching our kids how to communicate as a result. I momfessional time, I was bad about lectures. Ooh. So, I didn't start responsively parenting until my eldest was about 6 or 7. So, I kind of had to like shift and I unfortunately shifted incorrectly the first time. I went from, I, I admit this, we've discussed this. I was a former spanker. I spanked my eldest when she was way younger than was reasonable. And I, I, when I realized that this is not helpful, this is actually injurious. This is not creating a healthy, stable human. This is just ruling with fear. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I want to do. All I was doing was drawing on the examples that I had when I was a kid. So when I shifted to a more responsive parenting, my solution was, well, if I can't whip her ass, I guess I have to talk her to death. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so I was a lecturer. I, everything was a lecture. I was going to make damn sure that she understood what went wrong, what should have happened, and what we can do next time. And my poor eldest kid is just... It's the first your pancake. First, yeah, your first kids are like a pancake. Sorry. The first one's always a little wonky. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad for my eldest, and we've had many discussions about that. But I realized that lectures are just a waste of air. Yes. So what I started doing after that was turning moments of correction into conversations, which allows for deeper processing and both of us working together to root out what's causing all this acting out or forgetfulness or, you know, whatever issue we're, we're tackling at the time. If we can have a, I speak, you speak, I speak, you speak, we compare ideas, we discuss rather than I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes telling you all the things you did wrong. Yeah. That's something I don't think I've ever been a lecturer. Yeah. And I think part of that too, is that if there is any privilege to being a teen mom, it's that you didn't forget what being a kid was like at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's still right there. It's still, it's still right there. It was like two years ago, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> so being a teen mom, that was still, it was a fresh memory. You know, like now I can look back at my teen years and, and remember how much lecturing sucked. But as a teen mom, it was like, I don't want to do that. And mm -hmm. I knew because I was lectured a lot as a kid and it was like at first, yeah, I'm listening. But after a minute or two of you being Just angry and talking at me, like I, away. I am somewhere else in my mind, man. Like, let me know when you're done. And so <laughs> I just, I never felt like that was a purposeful way to communicate. And so I was intentional about that too. So when I do, when it's a corrective thing or I'm trying to teach my kids something like I ask a lot of questions because I think mm -hmm. it helps them stay engaged. And if it is a corrective thing, if I'm asking them a question, I am challenging them to look into their own head for all the other learning moments we've had and come up with that answer. And I think that's going to help them remember it and retain it because, yeah. hey, it's already there. You can access it. You already knew this. Right. And I also pay attention 
to that body language. If I, I know what my kids look like when they've checked out of something, right? So yeah. if I'm talking yep. to them and it's a corrective moment or like if, if there is a conflict and they're kind of upset and I want to talk about it, we'll have a little talk now. But if I notice them checking out, I will say, okay, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about this later. And it might be that mm-hmm. day, but I might find a way to work in a conversation about that same topic several other times because several mm-hmm. short conversations is going to be more impactful than me talking angrily at their face for at 30 them, minutes. Yeah. And yeah. it's that engagement. And it's also like the respect of their feelings, because if I see they're shut down, they don't want to engage with me anymore. That's my mm-hmm. signal to be like, I'm not done with this conversation, but we're not having a conversation we need to pause. anymore. Right. It, I, it's that recognition. I, w- I will say transitioning Abby, my oldest, who was the one who got the lectures, transitioning her to participating in that corrective conversation was a bitch. <laughs> Well, because I had accidentally, a lot of times our kids learn responses by default, by, by our Mm -hmm. programming. It's like, if you're a yeller and you're trying not to yell, your kids have accidentally learned, I don't have to respond till my mom loses her shit. If you're a lecturer and you're trying to shift to conversations, your kids have been like, oh, mom's running her mouth. I'll be back in 10. You have to kind of like, oh, no, you're still with me. We're still here. We need to have a two-way conversation. And I actually made that transition by having Abby construct her own consequence. Now, she had hit double digits by this point. So this is not a technique that I would necessarily recommend with like a a (laughs) three-year-old. Like, how should we help you remember what we just talked about? You tell me. But for Abby, as she was kind of in her preteen years, into her teenage years, I'd be like, okay, so you are having an issue remembering to load and unload the dishwasher. If someone does not grab you by the chin and go unload the dishes from the dishwasher, you're not going to, you're not going to remember it. So how do we help you remember this? How do we resolve this problem? Do you need a consequence? Do you need a reminder? Do we need to build a new system? Do we need to adjust schedule? Like what's going to help fix this in the now. Mm-hmm. And having her, and I call them consequences. Sometimes they were consequences. She absolutely decided to ground herself at one point. <laughs> I was like, oh, not the one I would have gone with, but if that's what you want, have oh, fun, I guess. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can facilitate the consequence that they think will work. And of course, there's still adult guidance because there are times when you know, Abby would just try to shortcut. We'll just take my phone away. Yeah, I don't think the first of all, that's not related yeah, to what we're talking about. You, pal. That's that that's you just trying to get out of any corrective conversation is still going to be a corrective conversation. No one likes being in corrective yeah. conversations. I don't care how old you are. <laughs> so that that sort of thing really kind of helped her, okay, because ultimately we are not raising good kids. We are raising good humans. And so if she can begin to build systems, if she can be able to identify, this is the problem, here's what I do within myself, within my environment, within my interpersonal relationships to resolve this, these skills translate into fully functioning, well-adjusted adults. Yes. And I think specifically, because you were talking about when she was a tween, I think the tween Mm -hmm. years, even with me who has never really been a lecturer, Mm -hmm. I still think that there is a communication while you hit because when they're in those tween years, 
they're asserting their independence. You are encouraging a different type of independence, right? Because their independence mm-hmm. is like, I'm figuring out who I am. Our challenge of independence is like, you need to remember to unload the dishwasher on your own. And yeah. <laughs> at the same time, they they know what it feels like and they don't want the corrective conversation. And so there's it's it's there's so many different things happening. Yeah. And it's okay to be frustrated with that. Yeah. And it's okay to like, try to come up with a new plan to approach. Cause I know with my tween, I will be like, Hey, we need to talk about this thing. And sometimes she's like, do we have to talk about it though? Do we have to, and like, not in a, not in a bad way where she's like, has an attitude, but just like, do we have to talk about it? And I'll tell her like, yeah, this one we do. We don't always have to talk about things, but this one we do. And it's, it doesn't have to be this big, long conversation, but it is worth talking about. And I think that's part of the thing too, because I get asked a lot, how do you deal with backtalk? But I think backtalk can kind of be a byproduct of lecturing because lecturing isn't leaving a lot of room for a conversation. So mm-hmm. if you are heated and upset and you're talking at someone and they kind of yeah. feel defensive maybe, or they want to, they have something to say, they want to explain and they come back. Yeah, but this, 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 this don't backtalk me. And so like, yeah. for me, I don't, I don't really deal with backtalk and I, I'm not, I'm going to knock on wood because I, my kid's only 11. I'm not saying it's never going to happen but yeah. thus far. And it's, uh, if she has something to say, I stop talking because maybe and let her say it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a good explanation or maybe what her explanation is, is kind of off base and I can help her correct the path on it. Either way, I want to hear where she's at with it. Honestly, I think this whole issue of backtalk and attitude, that deserves its own episode. Oh, We're going to have to do that one soon. Absolutely. There's so much I can go on for days about backtalk and adult perception of it. Yes. Like kids don't always mean to backtalk. Sometimes that's just the words that fell out of their face. Anyway, that's a whole of that's we're going to do that episode very soon. Very soon. Hydrating doesn't have to be boring. Splash Refresher spices it up by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Splash Refreshers are delicious, bright, flavorful, and available in five craveable flavors. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and a splash of sweetness for a hydrating and delicious beverage you'll come back to again and again. My favorite flavor is the lemon. Uh, It really does taste like lemonade, so I'm getting hydrated, and it just feels like I'm drinking lemonade. Splash Refresher perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange, Splash Refresher is there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. They are delicious, bright, flavorful, and hydrating, and zero calories. So you can have fun flavored water without any guilt. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart, or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. I want to play a game. 
Would you like to play a game with me? I would love to play a game. All right. So we've been talking about communication. We've been talking about how our kids hear us. I want to play a game of toddlery's translation, how we hear our kids. (laughs) This is great because how many times does someone like, I never understand how parents understand their toddlers because we all understand our own. But you you give me a stranger toddler, no clue. No clue. Okay. okay. (laughs) So here's how this game is going to work. I am going to give you a series of toddlery's phrases and you have to guess what they mean. Okay. 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 I'm here for it. Let's go. The first one up, manumana. Nope, that's it's it's a word. Oh. They mean a word. Okay. Manumana. What do you think a manumana is? M&M's. Banana. Really? Yeah. I know, I I could see it. But manumana is like M&M's. Okay, yeah, I get it. I see it. I see it. All right. This one, I, th- I think it's a little easier. O-E-O-E-O-E-O-E-O-E-O. Is that like uh, Ali Ali Oxen Free? Nope. I'm no. going to say it again. O-E-O-E-O-E-O-E-O-E-O. O-E-O-E-O-E-O-E-O. Oh, you're so Oreo. Oreo. I did it. All right. All right. How about a very blue? Very blue. The ocean. It's a blueberry. Really? Okay. I call them blubberies. I, my kids don't. It's not a toddlerese. I call them blubberies because I think it's fun to say. It's a sidebar. I can no longer hear blueberry without thinking of Bam Blab Blub, which is a Gerber baby food of banana, blackberry, blueberry, Bam Blab Blub. <laughs> when, you, when you flip over the little container of banana, blackberry, blueberry, it says in the little, uh, in the little code, mm-hmm. Bam Blab Blub. I'm going to put That's, that on anyway. a sign in my living room instead of live, laugh, love, <laughs> blam, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Bam, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you have kids without telling me. Okay. Okay. How about Lalu? Lalu. 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 L- love you. Yep. That tone helped. Lalu. Okay. Uh, my... Uh, Two out of three of my kids have speech impediments. And so I got really Same good here. at understanding. Okay. So last one. Last one. Siskabetti. Gwenna, do you mean biscetti? No, I mean siskabetti. It's clearly biscetti. And I, I said it as a child, scabetti. <laughs> I don't think any child has ever said that word right from the beginning. I don't think so. I, I, th- I think, I think like... Uh, parents log their kids' first word and then the stupid way they said spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. I know I used to call dessert, I called it zadert. I would ask my parents if I could have zadert and they Z-dirt. said, they said uh, after we have the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've, okay. Have you got some for me? I have some for you. Are you ready? Okay. okay. Yes. Slipperin. Slipperin. Yeah. Slippery? No. But it's related to the cold because slipperin no it's so silly you're never gonna get it so i'm just gonna tell you oh, <laughs> cheater my my oldest kid when she was a toddler you know she was born 2012 frozen came out 2013 she was hooked on frozen mm-hmm. for four years obviously at yeah. 10 really but <laughs> when she was a toddler singing let it go elsa says not a footprint to be seen and she could not articulate that so she would say not a slipper to be seen. And I still sing it that way. 
So those feel related. <laughs> Kids logic leaps into yes. words they cannot pronounce. Right. It's okay. not even a word. Okay. So peanut bagoli. It's a peanut bagoli. Peanut bagoli. Peanut butter and jelly. Yes. That was the only way my daughter asked for peanut butter peanut and jelly. Bagoli. Peanut bagoli. All right. All right. All right. All right. Dare pain. Dare pain. Dare, Dare pain. pain. Hair, hair, hair pain. Ha- airplane. Airplane. Yes. Okay. And my last one. <laughs> Are you ready? Yep. I, you. I, you. Is that ewy? Like yucky, ewy? No. I, you. Love you. <laughs> That's our love you. That's- we st- it's my Lalu. Yes, we still say it that way. My my middleest kiddo, it was her her first words. She was very speech delayed. We didn't know she'd ever talk. And the first thing she said was, I you. And we knew it was I love you. And now that's the only way we say it in this house. The kids don't. They they use the love, but my partner and I, I you. We texted to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my kids stopped saying Lalu uh, a couple months ago. They now say love you. And I was like, no, go no. back to Lalu. <laughs> Good job. I but still also, say Lalu. I'm sad. <laughs> hey, that was our timer. Well, you know what, Gwenna? I well you done. for being here. I Lalu too. <laughs> so thanks so much for listening to Childproof by Betches Media. We'd love to hear your best toddleries translation. You can email us at childproof at betches.com. And be sure to give us a follow. I am Tori Phantom on TikTok, Instagram, all the places. And Gwenna is Mama Cusses in those same places. And make sure you're following Betch's Moms on Instagram too. Tune in every Wednesday, everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And leave us a rating. It helps. And remember, sometimes our kids are the assholes. And sometimes it's us. Childproof is produced by Rebecca Salzmacat and Sean Kilby. Editing by Basilio Perez. Social media by Lauren Salome. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow us at at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your email to moms at Betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy, perfectly blending refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, there's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. My favorite flavor is the lemon. The mandarin orange is my favorite flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.